The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.bluecloverTherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life to build a better you. Stay tuned. So, people tune into this podcast to be entertained. Yeah. So, entertain us. I don't have anything. You don't have anything? No. Jokes or magic tricks or anything? Um, first off, you couldn't see my magic tricks. And it could be visual or verbal magic tricks. I don't I don't know how magic works. It's magic. <laughs> Second of all, are is everybody supposed to sit around being bored listening to this show? Yes. Well, kind of. That's what we're gonna talk <laughs> about today. Right? Boredom. We're talking about boredom today. Welcome everybody. I'm Ty. I'm Jesse. And this is the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people, and mm-hmm. we break them down in a history, science, action plan, and we try to implement them. Hopefully, you guys are trying to implement them. Yep. And we're building better uses. And what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about, well, okay, we argued on what to call this. We so did. So, uh, boredom or overstimulation. You called it overstimulation. Yes. I'm calling it boredom. Yes. And we're going to try it for a year. We are going to go a full year. And the goal of this is to get ourselves bored. Yeah, we're we're trying to have, and I mean, I don't know if it perfectly encompasses what we're trying to do. I I want to be more present in right. life. I want to participate in life. And um, after reading all these studies talking about flight, flight, freeze, and how our hormones get all messed up, and I'll explain and go into that when we go into science, but um, it's a bummer. Like our memory systems go out and everything just based on this state that we're in. But I think we're a good example of how to manage electronics and, but still run a business and a podcast and do marketing. And I mean, we have a lot of things that we have to interact with electronics with. Right, right. We live in the 21st century. We can't just go, you know, off the grid and live in a cabin and expect to get by with a normal job and normal social obligations and just the way we live life now. So right. this kind of came about because we realized our kids too and us, we, we were never in, in that boredom state. Right. It was always, hey, I'm a little uncomfortable about being bored. Let me pull out my cell phone and I'll search something rather trivial. Mm-hmm. And we did that. We started do. I started doing that at home. I started doing that in public, you know, yeah. at work. It just, I never wanted to allow myself to be bored. And so kind of lately we've been letting the kids get bored and they have this like, this rebellious period of like 30 minutes where they are just cranky and kind of mean to each other and just not very pleasant. Yeah. And then they kind of get into that boredom break. And next thing you know, they're building dragons out of craft paper and they're outside um, playing, playing games with each other and getting neighbor kids. Like it, it breaks into that boredom where your brain is not overstimulated with all this, you know, electronic and screen time. Right. And you, you, Get, you find that creativeness, you find that gratefulness for your environment. You just it, some amazing thing happen. Hap, amazing things happen, and we are losing that. Yeah. And so we wanted to figure out how can we get that while still not becoming hermits in the woods. Yeah, because we still have to run a business and all of that. So I think 
I think this will be a really interesting year. I'm very excited in many ways, but I'm also kind of nervous because I feel like something's going to fall through the cracks. Um, but I, you know what, the nineties, we lived in the nineties, like you and I were, yeah. you know, there How, and like we survived then. The Super Bowl commercials. What did people do before Alexa? Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll go through the action plan to tell you exactly what we're doing to try to bring back that boredom state. Right. And into we have our lives and we haven't Im- Im- completely implemented these things. No, just we're yet. just barely going to start. So and it's going to be a withdrawal state. So it's going to be really hard to do. But yeah, so we're trying. We'll, we'll give you updates as we go along. And and we're trying to be really honest, like if we if we kind of fudge on it a little bit or the frustrations that will come along with this. Cause I'm, there's gotta be frustrations that right. come with this. So. And Jesse's going to go into what happens to your brain when you're bored or what happens to your brain when you're overstimulated. Yeah. You know, yeah. The two polar opposites. So well, let's get into some history first. Let's do and it. And we'll crank this thing out. This day in history. Since this stemmed from me using my cell phone too much for kind of n- non-objective purposes, mm-hmm. um, objective-oriented purposes, I decided let's talk about cell phones. Nice. Let's talk about cell phones. All right. You ready for some cell phones? Yes. So World War One, they started with a wireless telephone, but they don't really consider that a cell phone. You mean like a walkie-talkie? Like a walk... Well, but even before that, like the crank one where you like... You got the oh. guy carried it on his back, right? But in <laughs> oh, yeah. April- they had the communication yeah. guy. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. April 3rd, 1973 was the first cellular telephone call. Boom. It was a 900 megahertz tower in Manhattan, and um, someone from Motorola called Bell Labs, oh. which was the inventor of the telephone. Oh, gotcha. Bell was a digital telephone. They, they invented the labs and they like computers and semiconductors and all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, they don't know what they said, but he called on a Motorola Dana TAC-800X. Whoa. This it was the 1G phone, so it was of the first G. The OG. Oh, the OG. And it went on sale a few years later in 1984 okay. for almost $4,000. Whoa. And it was gigantic and bulky. So the brick, like the brick phone, phone. was Remember legitimate. That? Yeah. That was the brick phone. That was it. Then they came out with the flip phone, the Motorola TAC 980X. And that was the when... giant flip phone. Remember the big, big flip phones? No. Oh, man. So it was like a flip. It was like, it was like the big brick, but now it could flip up so it hid the hid the keys from you Whoa. it could fit almost in your backpack <laughs> um, <laughs> so that, that was pretty much the the way it went for the through the through the 80s okay a very select few people had them the, the yeah. networks were really bad they're really expensive phone then you got into the 90s and the first official smartphone came about what? So this was IBM's really Simon. in the nineties. Yep, oh. Simon personal computer phone, nineteen ninety four, and you could actually send emails and faxes. Whoa. You could fax on your phone. How amazing is that? Down. No more eighteen minutes waiting for a page of information come. You just had to wait thirty minutes for it to come to your phone. That's perfect. Um, and also the GSM network started becoming robust in Europe. That's kind of one oh. of the carriers uses GSM. Gotcha. Right? Or some of the carriers use GSM. Um, so then in the 2000s, 2000s, the smartphone revolution started to take off with the invention of some, you know, different capabilities. Like the 3G network was launched in Japan okay. um, in 2001. Mm-hmm. And that made... 2001? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. wow. And that made like video conferencing. Remember the old Nokias with the screen on it? The um... colored screen. It had still had the keypads, but it had the color screen. And you could maybe get some internet kind oh, of kind of web pages from it i was not very techie yeah those those kind of phones started to, to spring up 
But again, mm-hmm. we're talking dial-up speeds, if dial-up speeds. Right. took forever. Remember back in the day, you'd like click on an internet page and you'd go do something else and you'd come back yeah. and your picture would be there. And you're like, look, it's a castle in Europe. It, it got it. You know, yeah. yeah. That's pretty I'll funny. I'll say castle in Europe. We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. What? But, um, what? But then in 2007, <laughs> Steve Jobs rever- revealed the first iPhone. 2007. Oh. That was only 13 years ago. So what's funny is I remember ago. the day that you came home from the fire station and you're like, these guys are carrying around these phones and I'm just going to stick to the, the flip phone for as long as I possibly can. I had my flip phone and I remember him pulling out, one of the guys pulled out a phone and he goes, this is the iPhone. I have maps all over the US on this thing. And I thought... That's so stupid. Look how tiny that map is. I've got a giant Atlas book in my car and it's huge. Like I can see all the roads and cities. Why would I need it a little guy on my phone? Yep. Oh my gosh. I was an idiot back then. I'm so, well, I'm an idiot now, but I was definitely an idiot back then. Um, so then uh, 2010s beyond. So now we've got 5G network coming up super fast, you know, uh, megabit per second speeds. You can get anything you want at the fingertips of your phone. There's been 21 iPhone iterations. Oh, really? That yeah, many? That many. Wow. Um, and so it's just kind of we've gotten to the point where the technology is rapidly accelerating. You got to think 10 years it took to make that phone call to essentially have some phones on the market. Right. And now every year we're coming out with some crazy new faster network or some new phone technology that's just making it that much easier for us to essentially not be bored and waste our time on our phones. Well, the thing is, is that at some point we're going to max out our brain. That's my I, argument. Like, I, I, think we've, I think we've gotten there with the versatility of our phones. Okay. Like, I, w- I would agree with you. I think it's just, I think it's, t- there's too much on our phones where it's, because you can think of a tool, a phone is like a tool, right? Yes, yeah. Like I can use a phone to call somebody. I text to, to text somebody. I take right. a picture to preserve a memory mm-hmm. you know i have my social media app to stay in touch you know i look at weather so i know how to dress like it's all these tools in a little device right but we're always using that tool well and we're hopping we're hopping without objectives right we're hopping yeah, to the next point, tool without yeah. objectives because i mean how, how many times do you look up your phone you're like oh i want to see what the weather is today let me see what the stocks are how's my instagram feed going well, let me do with facebook and next yeah. thing you know you're like on target.com looking at scented candles <laughs> Instead you of just going to, going, to, going to Target and looking at candles. I buy only a few <laughs> here and there when we need candles, which yeah. we always need candles. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, what's really funny is that we'll probably listen to this podcast 10 years later and be like, those idiots. No, now it's connected into our brains. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that's the history of cell phones. That's wild. Pretty, that, pretty quick. Well, cell phones have gone so quick in the last few years even. Yeah, it, so it's, it's rapidly accelerated. And, Boggling. and I can't remember the principle and someone messaged us with the principle, but these technologies start really expensive mm-hmm. and then they start coming down, but then they get to a point where they don't really get any cheaper, but they keep getting better at that level. It's like oh. the, the iPhone's a thousand bucks. It's always going to be about a thousand bucks from here on out, but it's going to keep getting better mm-hmm. and it's going to be keep getting faster and the semiconductors or the quantum computing is going to be there and it's just going to get more and more integrated into our lives and it's harder to, harder to break away from it. So. Wow. Anyway, but yeah, so let's take go into the science and let's see what these phones and these computers and these always being connected stimuli or overstimuli do to our brain and why it's better to sometimes be bored. Go, I don't go, I don't go. 
We kind of we can break down our the way our brain takes in things into three different ways. So we have a sensory overstimulation, which is essentially um, like a, a concert, let's say. Okay. A concert. Disneyland is a good example of like we have lots Sight, of things smells, going on. Smells, sounds, right? Like, like yeah, that? like like there's different textures to things. There's lots of visual. Like it's like there's lights going on. There's the beat, the bass of the drums, and the, I mean, like, there's a lot going on. Gotcha. But those events tend to be acute. They tend to be not very long because you're not at a rock concert for very long. Like at some point, you go home and the the beat stops, right? Right. Um, and and that's good because that would be too much for our brain. If I lived in a world of rock concerts, I would eventually start breaking down. Sure. They actually use it as a form of torture. To be yes, they do. Yep. So, okay. um, so that is actual a thing, and it's actually quite bad. So then we have direct psychological overstimulation, which is like a a upset of some kind. So, like, let's it's say like stressor kind of thing. You're you're stressed out about it's something. A, it's a psychological stressor. So let's okay. say that you have a portion of your crops die off. Okay, that is an acute event. It's longer than like a overstimulation of your senses. Um, but you might walk up into your field and go, Oh my God, like what is happening? And that's incredibly psychologically distressing, right? And that stress lasts a little while, a little bit, but not, it's still considered an acute event because you don't spend, you know, six months necessarily having to deal with this particular situation. Okay. Same thing with like social, uh, conflict. Um, you might have to spend a, a weekend or a month in social distress but it's still considered acute, and it still might be distressing. I'm not discla- like saying sure. discounting that at all. But, but it's not chronic. It's not chronic. It's okay. not all the time. So the problem that we're having nowadays is we have non-direct psychological overstimulation. Whoa. Okay, explain that to people like me who do not understand what you just said. <laughs> so non-direct would be that we are not directly involved in the situation, but it's still distressing to us on a psychological level. It's like watching a scary movie? Like watching, well, yeah, but uh, watching a scary movie would be an acute situation. So watching scary movies all day long, every day? All day long. But think about social media. You're flipping through, my house doesn't look as nice as that, my family isn't as clean as that, whatever. (laughs) My family's clean, but but I mean, over and and then, then what happens if it's an actual, like there's a hurricane, you're watching, you know, these poor people in distress, we're watching the news, everything, like... The news is all about getting you to continue down their newsfeed. Right. And so, like, what do we do if there's an earthquake? What do we? So, we are constantly bombarded by this non direct psychological distress, which is not good for us at all. Like, I, it, yeah, I incredibly imagine. distressing. And so, what happens is that anytime we have an overstimulation of any kind, any of these three, we actually get a dopamine response. Okay. And the reason being is that our, our, what evolution i guess was what it would be is that if we are paying attention to a stressor or a distress whatever that is whether direct or non-direct we are figuring out a way to survive okay and dopamine helps us do that yes because it's a positive thing in our body and like oh that makes us feel like oh okay i got this information it it it's a well-being hormone so it's a it's a positive stimuli response to a situation so you act yeah so you act you pay attention all of that right okay so we we have to, or we seek out this stimulate this overstimulation to get this dopamine. Then, in order to continue to get this kind of high, we because it is kind of a sure. addicting thing, uh, we have to continue to find stimuli. 
And it has to be more and more stimulating. More and more stimulating. We have to be on our phones more. We have to look at the news more. We have to see what events are happening. We get distressed about earthquakes. Like It, it rolls onto each other because the dopamine gets less effective because the receptors um, lose their sensitivity. So you need a bigger dopamine response mm-hmm. to have the same effect on you. And guess what this is like? Drugs. Drugs. It's exactly what it is. What? It's just like, it's just our body systems. We're not putting something else into our body. Our body is creating this situation. We're doing it to ourselves. Yep. And and we're doing it with our cell phones, essentially, or okay. our computer news, social media, all of these things, right? Okay. So we get this distress. Um, our adrenal glands start depleting because it can't keep up with this. Um, our amygdala and hippocampus start to overreact all the time because you are creating a situation in which you're always in fight, flight, freeze. Because if I'm, oh. if I'm worried about the earthquake, then I get into kind of a, an aware state, right? And I get into a survival state. Okay. But you, you don't typically stay in a survival state very long because you're surviving and then you're done. But the right. problem is, is that we're always in a survival state because we're always distressed about something. We're always distressed about like that news feed. We're always distressed about that person with the Pinterest cupcakes that are better than ours. Oh my gosh. And we're always amazing. upset about the house that we can't afford. Yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. So we're, this is all this non-direct psychological overstimulation completely deteriorates the way that our hormones can balance. Right. And then to top it off, because I love talking about cortisol, your cortisol is always dumping out. Sure. Okay. And then we get inflammation, not only in the body, but in the brain. And as we've talked about before, inflammation in the brain is real bad. Real bad. One of the worst things ever. So, inflamed in the membrane. Yep. All right. Go so on. You're, you're inflamed, your hormones are imbalanced, and then we continue to have to create more of a distress in our body to continue to get dopamine. Okay. Isn't so that, that wild? Yeah, that's that sounds. I mean, it makes perfect sense why people are so addicted to these things. Yeah, because it is a drug response. Yes, and and you that's why you have the withdrawal type symptoms. And what's interesting is that uh, the overstimulation type situation that you put your body into. Some of the unknown symptoms, because obviously we'll like we'll get nervous or we'll open our phones a lot. Kind of the, we have obvious ones, but nail biting, insomnia, heart palpitations, sugar craving. And digestive issues are an, another set of symptoms that we tend to overlook that can be due to overstimulation. Whoa. So it could be affecting our diet and our sleep patterns and everything. Right. So it's just really, really bad for you. It is so bad. And, and another study found that we as humans now have a lack of focus because we have so much information we can get that we can't, we have a difficult time refocusing in on just one thing. And in the 80s, we were diagnosing folks with attention problems or issues. So not just the ADHD or ADD diagnosis, but just attention issues, about 1 in 20. And now, uh, let's see, that the last data was uh, 2018, uh, was 1 in 9. Whoa, so yeah. doubled. We, yeah, we, it went so quick. Now, are we and, diagnosing more or people are just that much more... And that's the argument. Okay. That's the argument because it, is it just that we have more awareness? People are more likely to bring that up to their doctor or are, are we, we actually truly having attention, attention problems? deficit people? Yeah. And that's the, how we got on this subject um, from the beginning was I've been looking up this flow psychology and flow state about how essentially we're all seeking this idea of being able to focus in on one thing. So like if I'm skiing and I'm in, I'm in the zone and I'm doing something that's just a, titch in my 
discomfort zone. Yeah, just a little bit too much, but not to the point of terror. Right. Right. Um, and I'm able to focus. Then I get this flow state. I'm in the zone. I can do. And everybody's trying to seek that because we're in a world of trying to overwork yourself to death. Think of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. You're just on. You're on the touch of being scared, still safe. That's flow state. That is flow state. And so I've been looking into this psychology because it, it's kind of hinged on the positive psychology or the psychology of happiness. And um, I, I think it's such a, an amazing thing because essentially it's energized focus full of you're fully involved in the situation and it's enjoyable to a certain extent. And we long for this relief. We long for the single focus. And so that's the idea behind our over. We're going to reduce our overstimulation to try to increase the probability of flow state in a more natural setting, not just when we're skiing. Because you can get flow state actively, right, through activity based off like skiing and exercise, things like that. That's where we get adrenaline junkies as well that's active. And then you can get kind of more of a passive flow state, although the definition in research is really messy. You can call it mindfulness if you want, but it's where we're we're not doing anything skill-based, meditation or those kind of things. We're more just... Well, I guess meditation is a skill, but but you're more of an in a stagnant state. You're not moving. Okay. Like so. a like an, a sensory deprivation tank or a cryogenic yeah. tank can create or those meditation states. things like that. Yeah. So we're going to try instead of adding something to our lives and making that or achieving that flow state by adding something. Yeah. We're going to try to achieve that flow state by removing something. Yeah, we're going to go the on? yeah we're going the opposite way with it. Where we're going to try to remove the overstimulation to a certain extent. Um, because we still need to exist, but um, giving it more opportunity to come into our just day-to-day lives and kind of slow things down a little bit while still being effective. Okay. So, I mean, it's a big task. It's a big task. It's, yeah. it's a huge task. Yeah. So that is my science. That's why this is why where we're going with this and uh, how well, you guys can try it too. So we're going to go into the action plan, but first we're going to do coffee segment. Let's do some coffee segment and then we'll learn how to become bored again. Boom. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee trying to keep my sleepy soul awake. But the sleepiness still comes along And when it does, it's fast and strong I end up with a bad case of the shakes Coffee segment, I love my French roast That's right Do you like French roast? No, it's not my favorite You know why I bought this one? Why? Because it had a scooter A scooter, oh it's a scooter on there It's a scooter on there because the French Oh, because the French scoot because they scoot around yeah, they scoot with their around. baguettes. Yep. Um, so, are you ready for this? Let's hear the coffee segment. Okay, McMaster University, which I don't know where that is located. Do you know that's located? No idea. No idea. They did a massive study on people consuming caffeine, such as coffee, and our um, electronic use. Oh, perfect. This ties in great. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're welcome. I love tie-ins. Okay, here we go. So what they found, so we're going to break this into teens and we're going to break this into adults. Okay. Okay. So first off, there is a problem with this study that is huge. So a lot of the things that they're implying are causation. So if I have more electronic use, then I drink more caffeine. I don't think that's accurate. There's, there's causation and then there's 
correlation. Uh, correlation. So these things do tend to go together, and they found a strong correlation, but it does but not, not a causation. No, nothing okay. causes one. But it's correlated, it, which okay. is pretty cool. Right. So what they found is that teens, in particular, the more their electronic use goes up, the more that their caffeine goes up, okay. and it is a slick. What what do you call that? Exponential curve. An exponential curve. Yeah, it is. It is clean. So imagine like a a, a ramp, a skateboard ramp. A skate. <laughs> Because we all know what those are. Like a we all pie. hang out. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is, it aligns perfectly. Like it is beautiful data. Okay. Uh, adults really mess us up because we actually, it seems to depend more on our profession and if we're using electronics in our, our workplace. So if you're a coder, caffeine consumption goes up? Same. It's the same as same the Same curve. So yep. those coders are just like teens. You're on your computer coding away for eight hours. You're Red Bulling it up. Yeah, you're Red Bull. You got yeah. And and why? I would assume maybe you you want to keep working. You, I mean, like I want to go into the psychological pieces no, of no it. Idea. It could be, but but it, it it looks exactly like the teen curve. Okay. Um, when you start getting into professions that do not involve a lot of electronics, so firefighters, police officers, even though both of you use electronics, to I mean all, everybody does it. We're some all point paperless now, now which. Whatever. Folks that work on like oil rigs is one of them. Um, mines, which I don't know how many mines. I, There's a lot, of, a lot of miners left. Is there? Yeah, sure. Okay. Mines all um, over the place. Like I got I to gotta research yeah. that because I was like, how many miners are in the United States? You, the, the miner coalition of America, whatever, we we'll apologize that Jesse just I am so insulted sorry. your profession. I have no we, idea. You have a very valuable job. We appreciate you. Yeah, but so much. I want to go on a tour. All right, we'll do a I want to go tour. on a tour and I want to go down in, in the... The mine shaft. The mine shaft. We're way off track I love again. it. Anyway, right. <laughs> so once you start getting into those professions, uh-huh. it doesn't clean curve the same. Okay. It seems to just kind of, the more hours you work, the more caffeine you, you consume. Okay. So it's not an exponential curve. It's just like a, a linear... Yeah. So and, linear and line it would make sense because if you're spending... 40 plus hours a week at work doing non-electronic type work, then, I mean, it wouldn't mess up the data because <laughs> okay. they were yeah, looking sure. specifically for caffeine and, right. and, and electronic use. Okay. So if you're only using it at home, when you get home and you're watching TV, you're not drinking caffeine, you're not drinking caffeine when you okay. get home. But maybe, I mean, I don't know. I know that firefighters go through a serious amount of coffee. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I would. Uh, it just messes up the data like crazy. Because most of us have, haven't slept in like three weeks. Yes. But other than that, okay. But so, but there's a correlation between coffee or caffeine use and electronics. Yes, and and specifically throughout the age, depending on like what your profession is as an adult. Okay. Isn't so that wild? That's that's crazy. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It does. Yeah. But it's still a very cool study by. Manchester United soccer team? McMaster. McMaster University. University. Manchester? I'm sorry, McMaster University. You're probably a very prestigious college. They really are. Like, and but I've never I've never read a single study. I've been there. trying to get in there for years. Oh my I gosh. Keep, that's why you're so bitter. My essay is pretty not just not to their quality, though. I get it. I get it. Maybe I need to drink more coffee. But more caffeine. All right, cool. So coffee segment correlates with electronic use so i would pay attention to that like if you if you are consuming a lot of caffeine are you also doing it while you're on your electronics okay just just observations yep well let's get back into the action plan and let's talk about our plan we came up with it last night (laughs) well we've been in the process of making it non-scientific we're going to do the big disclaimer non-scientific plan this is what we're going to try if you can come up with something better Mm -hmm. please let us know and we will modify our plan we can all do this together 
Yeah. And kind of can bring it back. So we're all living in the 80s again, <laughs> running around in hammer pants. You know, moms don't know where kids are. Pagers. Have our pagers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's get in the action plan and talk about how we're going to get bored. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. So I was surprised how much electronic use you had to have in order to organize a reduction of electronics. It took me like four hours of being on my computer and on our phones to set it up so we don't have to be on our computer and our phones. Yeah. It was so oxymoronical. It was ridiculous. Well, because initially I'm just like, what is he doing? Like, we're supposed to be off it. And then I'm like, oh, okay. You're trying to like forward things and make it so we have emails certain places. Yeah. And, so and then you bought a bunch of stuff on Amazon. I know. I fuck, don't worry about that. <laughs> don't worry about that. So, so we, what we need to do is we need to essentially, our, we're trying to under-stimuli ourselves or get ourselves bored. Yeah. But like you said, it's a drug. It is so hard. I've tried before. Hey, I'm going to do screen time on my phone and I'm not going to allow myself to look at the internet. You and just click through you just the click thing. Through the, like, you hit your limit. No, I didn't. And then yeah. you're, you're back on the internet, right? Right. It's so hard to not have that drug when it's in your pocket. Yeah. So we, need, we, we wanted to change our environment to make it almost force us to not be on those stimulating items more. Right. So go through what we're doing. And we're going to do this for a year. We're going to try it for a year. Yeah, we're dedicated to this for a year, but I guarantee it's going to be modified sure, several different a, times throughout. Yeah. Right. But we can't just like get rid of our cell phones and not look at our emails nope. because, I mean, we're on some kind of electronic correspondence or software every single day yeah. for work. So we right. can't eliminate it completely. And we can't be, you can't like not find us. You can't be like, hey, where's, where's mom? You're know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she'll pick we up the kids. kids. Maybe she won't, you know. They have so, school systems. Yeah. So we need to, we need to do that. So take us through the plan. So I, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of foggy on exactly how this is all going to go down. But I do know that our computers, which are uh, laptops, laptops, are going to stay in the basement area where they plug in. So that we, we have now dedicated desk location with monitor with right. like a tv monitor that it plugs into so because we have to i have to take it to like work and you have to and take, I have to take to mine to work yeah but the problem is you get home with your laptop and hey i'm on the couch or my sitting in my chair i'll just grab my laptop and i'll open up put it on my lap right well, that's so bad because it's it's a tool right, right. just like we'll talk about with the phone it'd be like having an axe like i chopped down trees with my axe well i'm gonna take it to bed you know like, yeah and no, it's like well no the, the axe doesn't belong there if you're using it as a tool if you just like want to walk around with it and be cool sure take it to bed and cut up your sheets <laughs> but it's a tool and so same thing with the computer if you take it everywhere with you it is just it's a burden almost in that right. aspect so it's going to be a specific location so when i need to do something on the computer i have a specific location in the house i have to go to right well and and you made a good point so when we take these things to work we can use them at work Right. So we're not really modifying work so much. I can't. Like I, I have to use my computer there. But I am going to do a lot of my writing and my social media type marketing. And like we have the journal and stuff like that is all going to be either at work or I can do it early hours downstairs. In, in the specific spot you have designated for your computer. Yeah, it's going right here. Okay. So, and I'm going to make sure that I limit, I can't bring my, I, not only can I not bring my computer upstairs, I can't come down here midday. And be doing things because um, I want to be with the kids and I want to participate in life more. And and that's what the, one thing I've found where I'll be like, oh, the kids are doing homework. I'm just going to get on my laptop. Right. Um, I can still be 
doing things and be present with them, even if they're actively doing homework, there's no reason for me to be on my laptop. So that's why I'm, I am making it where I can do the early hours. Like if I wake up early, I can write, I can do segments and TVs and all that kind of stuff down here. But then the second that the kiddos start waking up and we have to get on with our day, there's no more computer use unless I'm going to a coffee shop and I have to buy coffee is one rule I brought up myself. Okay, sure. Because then it, then I'm like, okay, so I have to go there. I have to sit there for a bit and I have to be in that environment because I don't want to do this at home. But the point is you have specific locations where you can yeah. use this tool. Yeah. And they're very, very specific. Right. And I noticed I came down to do um, some work last night mm-hmm. and normally I just take my computer upstairs and I sit in a comfy chair or whatever it is and I do my work and then I'd search Amazon for cool gadgets that I don't really need or right. I look at the social media feeds or I do stuff that really didn't matter right and an hour goes by and two hours go by and you're like whoa what am I doing I should be in bed well I came down to my specific spot and it's isolated from everybody else and I finished my work and I didn't want to look at anything else I just wanted to go back upstairs and be with everybody plus it's cold down here so yeah make so find <laughs> find your spot that's that's what with your computers what's the next thing okay so again a little foggy on this but our cell phones are going to be dedicated to the cars so this is what we, you need we need to be able to be contacted yes, right yeah and this day and age, like if your car breaks down, you can't say like, hey, wave somebody down. Can I borrow your cell phone? Nobody They'll will think ever. think you're a murderer. Yeah, right? no one's ever no one do ever. That. So you, you do need that communication. And we do get calls, you know, from the school or professionally, or we get emails that we need to check up on or text messages or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So what did we do? So the we're going to have it where my phone is in the little car and your phone is in the truck. That way we can still be contacted by like the school because that's my big worry. Everybody else can wait, but it's the school that I want to make sure to be able to be contacted. So this may not work for everybody because it it involves a lot of trust between the couple. If you're a couple, if you're single, single, this might just be fine. You could be okay. Yeah. If you are a couple, this, this might be a point of contention, but it's probably really good because it can build trust in the relationship. So we can ha- we're going to have two car phones. Right. A phone in each car. And we can listen to our our music in the car. Yeah. And we can listen to che- our books. Listen to our books. Yeah. We can check emails when we're in the parking lot real quick or whatever mm-hmm. we need to do. But we have a, a two phones in there. And then we're going to have one in the house that's attached to a landline. Yeah. And it's a legit like Yeah. I got like a call. School I got a phone. call to Jack. So we got an old school 1930s phone. Yeah. So the, the cell phone is going to sit in a little mini TV-esque case next to the phone, and then the phone's going to ring at home. That's going to be our home phone. Right. So we can get be contacted on our home phone or in our car phones, or then we have phones at work. Was right? it the 90s that had car phones? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't look up car phones, but yeah, That's probably a, 90s. Probably about the 90s? Yeah. Nice. So, But to do that, we needed to sync all of our phones with the same accounts. Yes. So all the text messages, all the emails, all everything, the FaceTime, all that stuff, comes through the same phone system if that makes sense so someone texts you right it's going to text the other phone and it's going to text the house phone right so someone leaves a voicemail for your number it's going to come to a joint voicemail account for us and and it'll flag it it'll as it all comes through but so so it's essentially like an answer machine at home remember back in the day when you didn't have any privacy 
like your friend would call <laughs> and your mom would pick up or your friend would call and leave a, a voicemail, but it was like an answering machine. And you could hear it. And you're though. like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. my whole family's hearing this. <laughs> that is what we're bringing back. Right. So we're, we're taking away that privacy, which mm-hmm. for better or worse, right? So yeah. that, that's kind of what we're doing. We're doing a virtual answering machine. Right. And if anybody wants to know how I did this specifically, it takes way too long. Maybe I'll post something on the internet. Well, I was thinking or just doing like a us. blog. Yeah, message like us on our, yeah. on our email us or message us on our, what our social medias and I'll put a blog post up there and, and tell you exactly how I did because it took a while. Long time. A long time to figure out all this stuff. Yeah. But that's what we're going to do with phones. So we are not going to carry a phone anywhere. Right. Now, if we're going on a hike and we want the photo, the like the camera, mm-hmm. we can just drive there and then take the phone out of the car and take our pictures with our Well, because that was one of, my, one of my things was like, well, I take a lot of pictures of the kids, but we tend to be going somewhere. Right. Or if something specifically is happening, I could just walk out to the car, get the phone. Right. And, you know. So when I'm, at, when I'm at the doctor's office, I don't need to have my phone with me because I've got a magazine and I'm going to go to the doctor. Right. You know, but everybody pulls their phone out and looks at whatever. So if I'm not carrying my phone with me, but it's still accessible from my car and at home. People can contact me. Right. You know, that that's probably a better system. We're going to try it and see if we can get to that boredom state. Right. Well, and you've tried this several different times. I tried to get it myself I don't really times. get caught up in it as much, but but you have done it several different times. That's why you have the time limit on your phone and everything. Right. Is you're trying to make it more inconvenient for you to continue to search or whatever. Right. Um, and so I'm excited because working together in this element, I'm hoping is extremely effective. And I'm kind of excited to see what in the world this is like and what the frustration would be. Because when we initially discussed this idea, it was kind of relieving to be like, oh, I don't have to have my phone next to me. Right. And so that's, I think it's going to be really exciting. And I also think that at some point it's going to get incredibly frustrating. Sure, sure. Because it's going to require, if we're going to want some little tidbit of information, instead of just whipping your phone out and boom, it's right there. You got to go down to your specific spot where your computer's at. You know, you got to go into the car to your car phone. Right. Like it's just kind of inconvenient. And we do have Google Home and we have the Echo upstairs. Mm -hmm. And so there is a way to like those little whims of like information. like. What's the weather tomorrow? Yeah. Things like that. And so we're not eliminating electronics by any means. We've actually added some electronics to right. do this. Yeah. But our, our plan is to be on the screens less. And our plan is to be on the screens without a purpose a lot less. Yeah. And so the, the big thing for me, mm-hmm. I notice, at least from yesterday, um, I noticed, hey, I've got to essentially tell myself I am supposed to be bored right now. Right. When you're like, oh, I'm kind of antsy. I don't have anything to do. I'm going to grab my phone. It's like, okay. I'm supposed to be bored right now, so I'm not going to go to the car and pull the phone out of the car. Right. Like, that's a rule that's not allowed. Yeah. I'm not going to go down and grab my computer and remove it from its workstation yeah. and search something. You know, we can have we can be entertained, things like that, but it's okay and you're supposed to be bored. And so to kind of fall into that state and you'll be amazed what happens. I'm pumped because I've, yeah. I've already, it's been interesting, the impulse wanting to check things right. already. And yeah. we've literally started to do this yesterday. Yeah. So we're going to do it for a year. We're going to stay strong for a year, maybe mm-hmm. kind of altering things to make them more efficient as we go. We'll keep you updated. Yeah. We're still going to keep bringing um, habits. So yeah, we're still, we're, we're still two, doing the podcast every, and everything. Every everything two, is going to be the habits. same on the outside. So, yeah. And we're getting to the point where there's a lot of habits now. So pick and choose. Pick and choose which ones you think will, yeah. uh, will improve your life and make you better. And if you want, join us on our year of boredom. Yeah. And let us know how it's going. I'm excited. Me too. Okay, let's go out there. Let's get, bo- uh, let's get bored and... Build a better you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>